Business News, International Sports and Entertainment News. Right here on GTR. GTR. Welcome to the evening news on Ghana Fox Radio. Coming up this evening, Chairman Sabonsu objects to sole use of Ghana card for voter registration. Akoso Modam's village averted catastrophic consequences, says Energy Minister. Open callable renal units without sustainable financing recipe for disaster, says Bio. And in other stories, self-employed on SNIT quadruple this business sports and showbiz is coming in this evening's bulletin the news will be read by awintemi akansukum now the details the majority leader or chairman sabonsu has expressed his reservations about the electoral commission's proposal to use the ghana card as a sole document for voter registration in the 2024 elections citing the ongoing challenges in in the issuance of ghana card by the national identification authority mr chairman sabonsu argued that it would be premature to rely solely on the ghana card for voter registration he emphasized that many eligible voters have not yet been issued the card and some who have registered for it are still waiting to receive it. Mr. Chairman Sabonsu noted that the EC's initial decision to link voter registration for the district's level elections to the Ghana card had faced criticisms due to exclusion of eligible voters who lacked the card. He reiterated that making the Ghana card the sole document for voter registration would create similar issues. Now, moving to some other stories, the Ministry of Energy has defended the controlled spillage of excess water from the Akosombo Dam by the Volta River Authority VRA, stating that it was the only option to prevent the dam from collapsing. The spill, which began on September 15, caused significant flooding in parts of the Volta and Greater Accra regions, displacing thousands of residents and destroying several properties. In a brief pres presented to Parliament, Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Opoku-Prempe explained that the VRA was forced to take drastic action due to the unusual high level of water in the dam's reservoir. If the VRA had not been proactive in spilling this year, the water coming into the reservoir would have overtopped the Akosombo Dam, which would have had an unimaginable catastrophic impact on the people dr opoku prempe said the minister acknowledged the disruptions caused by the spill but insisted that it was a necessary step to protect the dam and the people downstream he also assured the affected communities that the government is committed to providing relief and support to them now to some health medical practitioner dr titus bayor says the reopening of the kolebu teaching hospitals renal unit will lead to further complications in the near future kolebu had shut down its renal unit to outpatients in may due to the four million ghana cities dead. hospital authorities had blamed the situation on the removal of tax and excise duty exemption on medical consumables which had doubled the prices of the essential commodities 
The hospital had earlier tried to increase fees for dialysis treatment from 380 Ghana cities to 765 cities to cover the cost, stating that should the old fees be maintained, the center would not be able to stay open for more than a week. However, after weeks of piling pressure on state authorities and hospital management, the renal unit was forced open. Reacting to the opening of the unit, Dr. Bayor said without the government providing the hospital with a sustainable financial plan and clearing its accumulated debt, the unit may be forced to close down very soon. Speaking to the media, he explained that without a proper financial structure, the hospital's debts would continue to accumulate and risk being blacklisted by service providers. He said the opening that Kolebu has declared open now is uh, only going to take us to a state where we are worse off than where we began. What do I mean by worse off? We are going to get to places where one, even those who have money cannot get dialysis because if they use up all their consumables because they've been forced to use them. He further stated that when the hospital finally runs out of consumables, the unit will have to shut down completely once again affecting general health care delivery in the country. Meanwhile, the hospital management has urged Parliament to expedite action on the proposed new fees of 765 cities to enable us to recover costs and sustain the services. Now, the number of self-employed persons on the Tier 1 pension scheme, the Social Security and National Insurance Trust SNIT manages, has more than quadrupled in the last two quarter of the year. From about 14,200 in May this year, the number has risen to over 57,000 as of last month, with more preparing to come on board. The Director General of SNIT, Dr. John Oforitinkrain, in an interview with the media attributed the fee to an aggressive campaign by the management of the state-run pension scheme. The campaign is aimed at roping a large number of workers in the informal sector of the economy into the scheme. The Director General said all those needs had been able to work to enroll tens of thousands of self-employed persons onto the scheme within a short period, the tax ahead was still arduous adding that we will not relent but continue to push harder to increase the numbers into the hundreds of thousands and into the millions per hour laid down plan of action because we see the potential. The National Pensions Regulatory Authority NPA estimates that about 600,000 of the 6.7 million self-employed people in the country have some form of pension cover. This implies that a whooping 6.1 million self-employed persons do not have any form of pension cover. Dr. Foritin Crime admitted the huge number of self-employed persons who were not yet enrolled onto the scheme, but was still optimistic that with the move initiated by SNIT to demystify the pension scheme, more people would join. SNIT, led by its management, just completed a nationwide sensitization tour in collaboration with Trades Union Congress TUC to educate self-employed persons on the value of joining the pension scheme. 
Now, to some business, a next quest to have a robust banking sector with a well-implemented environmental and social management system, the Development Bank Ghana has organized a workshop for financial institutions. The five-day workshop organized by DBG in partnership with the World Bank and the Ministry of Finance seeks to sensitize environmental and social principal officers drawn from over 35 financial institutions. The training program is also intended to help the various banks comply with the Bank of Ghana's sustainable banking principles, thereby positioning them to receive development financing from DBG. In a speech read on his behalf during the official opening of the Training of Trainers Workshop in Koforudia Eastern Region, DBG CEO Kwamena Duka expressed the bank's commitment to strengthening the environmental and social management capacity of Ghana's financial institutions and their stakeholders. He expressed hope that the training would equip DBG's partner financial institutions and potential partners to evaluate and mitigate their credit decisions on the environment. Mr. Duca acknowledged that their projects hinge on the intricate interplay between development initiative, environmental, and social impact. On his part, John Boating Tevia, head of ESG, Sustainable and the Climate Finance at DVG, emphasized the need for the bank to build the capacity of the financial institution. Carlos Leonardo Vicente, senior financial sector at economist at the World Bank, expressed hope that the participants would be equipped with the necessary tools to aid their work, expressing gratitude to DBG and the Ministry of Finance for joining forces to train staff in the banking sector. Now, moving straight to some sports, veteran football administrator Samuel Odronyakon has praised the efforts of Minister of Youth and Sports Mustafa Youssef for his efforts to develop Ghana's youth through sports. He said this in an exclusive chat with the media in the wake of the Sports Ministry's Memorandum of Understanding Agreement with the National Service Secretariat to provide service personnel to various sports federations and sports bodies including Galka. Representing the Ghana League Club Association, Odronya praised Honorable Yusuf for handling this initiative and highlighted the importance of the move. Now moving to some showbiz, Nigerian chef Hilda Bassi says she remains a Guinness World Record holder in spite, despite the recent announcement that Irish chef Alan Fisher has claimed the title for the longest cooking marathon. I uh, saying I remain a record holder in, in spirit and in history, she wrote on X November 7, 2023. Her declaration comes in response to the Guinness World Records officially recognizing Alan Fisher's remarkable feats. GWL earlier this week announced on its official website revealing that Alan Fisher had achieved a staggering cooking marathon record of 119 hours and 57 minutes at his restaurant in Japan, surpassing Hilda Bassi's previous record. Following the official announcement on Fisher's new record, Nigeria's Hilda Bassi, who had previously proudly displayed 
her Guinness World Record holder status in her social media bio, quickly adjusted her bio. And that's how we draw curtains on the evening's news on Ghana Talks Radio. Log on to www.ghanatalksradio.com for more of these stories and follow us, Ghana Talks Radio, on all social media platforms. You can as well download the GTR app from your App Store or Google Play to listen. The news was read by Awain Temi Akansukum. And I say thanks so much for making time. You have a good evening.